Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome. We have been expecting you. <laughs> the Chaotic Sports Podcast is underway. And welcome back, everybody, to another installment of the Chaotic Sports Podcast. I'm your content host creator and executive producer extraordinaire of this podcast we call chaotic and my name is patrick brown if you're a first-time listener i'd like to say welcome i know it's been a few days since i've recorded a podcast i think my last episode was you know thanksgiving which was about two weeks ago a lot has happened over the course of two weeks we're gonna dive right into it um i just want to let you guys know that I am putting in a disclaimer for today's episode because there's going to be some uh, very sensitive subject matter we're going to address later on in the show. Um, I will address my hiatus as well and my sentiments, as you all know, about mental health. Uh, just want to let everybody know that if you have not subscribed to The Grid Podcast Network, please do on your podcasting apps. Also on the the YouTube uh, channel as well, The Grid sports uh network on youtube a lot of great content creators over there uh myself bear grant jr the co-founder who is the host of the all even podcast bryson carver from carving it up shout out to him uh ryan flowers from clutch sports talk his shows get ready to start here soon um on youtube uh alfred parshar jr the rocket fuel uh, jets podcast and our brothers from other mothers the Cowboys can fan. If you have not watched their their streams or seen their vlogs on their social media platforms, you're in for a real treat. A lot to get into, as I said. Um, also, big shout out to our other co-founder, Mike Guido, uh, on the grid as well. Anyhow, a lot happened. Well, let's just go ahead and dive back into the chaos as usual. Jerry Joseph's high school photo has been the topic of discussion the last few days and LeBron James calls out the media Dak Prescott responds to it and Jerry speaks on it as well I would try to get you the sound bites for those particular uh, from those particular individuals throughout the show Mac Jones's outburst explains the 
New England Patriots offensive struggles and why I am going to defend Mac Jones on this particular instance. Dion, Coach Primetime Sanders, is headed to Colorado. He is leaving Jackson State to go to Colorado and be their next head coach. I have a lot to say about that. And I want to go ahead and I will say that I will be as honest as I can about that particular situation because there's been a lot of things that have been said about him, you know, jumping from HBCU to the Pac-12. And I'm going to go ahead and get that out the way here shortly. Uh, Deshaun Watson, Cleveland Browns quarterback, he makes his NFL regular season debut at Houston, his former team. That's going to be a very a very weird reception for the most part. I will dive into that as well. The Chaotic Truth Is, which is a, a fan favorite, along with Enough from the Clown, which we all know this particular individual has made this segment multiple times. We've got the week 13 picks for the NFL season. A lot of very interesting matchups, and I think I am going to introduce a new segment during the NFL picks this week, so stay tuned for that. My closing remarks on my hiatus and whatnot, but you know me. If there's chaos in the world of sports, I have to be the voice of reason. Let's get down to it, y'all. Start off. We all know that Jerry Jones' high school photo has been the subject of criticism the last few days or so, and it evolves a picture from 1957 and when she was a, a teenager. That's over 65 years ago. And it was, you know, during the, the Jim Crow South and there were individuals trying to, uh, the black students were trying to, you know, segregate the school. So Jerry Jones was there and that's been the point of emphasis. What was his involvement in this particular situation, Jerry Jones, for what it's worth, has had his nose in any and everything throughout his entire life, in which he's alluded to, and it's just been one thing after another this this past week, in which the Washington Post was the ones who, you know, put this out there, and my initial reaction was bad timing. I've been sitting on this for a few weeks and I've I've looked at this and I've said, you know, there's a lot that we're missing, but I'm going to do my very best to break it down layer by layer. There's certain things I may not understand, but the photo itself speaks a thousand words and I am going to Going, I am going to attempt to give you the uh, the soundbite from uh, LeBron James, on which he questions, he asked the media a question about the photo, and why he has been asked about it. So, if you bear with me, I'm going to try to give you the soundbite of what LeBron said. Here we go. I was wondering why I haven't gotten a question from you guys about the Jerry Jones photo. But when the Kyrie thing was going on, you guys were quick to ask us questions about that. Okay. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And I don't even want you guys to say nothing. 
when I watch Kyrie talk and he says, I know who I am, but I want to keep the same energy when we're talking about my people and the things that we've been through. And that Jerry Jones photo is one of those moments that our people, black people, have been through in America. And I feel like as a black man, as a black athlete, as someone with power and a platform, when we do something wrong or, or something that people don't agree with, it's on every single tabloid, every single news coverage, it's on the bottom ticker, it's asked about every single day. But it seems like to me that the whole Jerry Jones situation photo, and I know it was years and years ago, and we all make mistakes, I get it. But it seemed like it's just been buried under like, oh, it happened, okay, we just, we just move on. And I was just kind of disappointed that I haven't received that question from you guys. Appreciate it. Alrighty. That was LeBron James speaking on the the Jerry Jones photo in which he was uh, asked media how come they had not asked him a question about it. Just like you said, when it was Kyrie, they was asking him every three days, you know, do you believe Kyrie is anti-Semitic or uh, do you think, you know, what should the NBA do with him? He addressed that. Now, as I've said on this for a few days during my sabbatical from social media, I kind of, I'm going to be very clear with what I'm about to say because as a black man in America, the photo speaks a thousand words. I was not born in the 1950s. I didn't grow up in the deep South. I have some friends who are from, you know, the South, but Point being, it was just a bad moment in time for Jared to have his nose stuck in the middle of something. He hasn't really, you know, how do I say this? Because it's, I'm trying to be very clear with what I want to say. And I don't want to offend anybody. But during that time, there was a lot going on. The Civil Rights Movement, Jim Crow South. It, a lot of racial barriers during that time and it it was just one of those moments where North Little Rock was in the midst of all this and Gerald Wayne Jones Jr. just like every typical teenager every typical kid you got to see what's going on see what's happening I don't know where we're where we're trying to what what are we trying to make of this photo yes I understand that it's a it's a bad look on Jerry's part because he's there. But what about the other individuals who were there as well? We're not seeing anybody else come forth about this whole thing. Jerry has addressed it. And then Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott addressed, you know, they asked him about it. I'm going to try to get the soundbite for from what his his take on it is, but with Jerry, we all know that Jerry Jones talks about any and everything football related, business and the sport in general. But when it comes to these particular 
matters in our society with systematic racism and racial tension that which we all experienced in the summer of 2020 and how well that played out. But I want to go back to, you know, 2016 when Colin Kaepernick, you know, former quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers who hasn't played in six seasons, took a knee in, in a silent protest against what was going on in America. It triggered a lot of ire in the heart of the American people because they looked at it as a sign of disrespect. He silently, he decided on his own after, you know, having a conversation with a Marine veteran, if I'm not mistaken, about what was going on, and he decided to kneel. It was the talk of every sports show for roughly two years, from 2016 all the way up to 2018. Colin Kaepernick woke up America in that particular instance. Jerry Jones, on his part, everybody knows how Jerry Jones feels about the national anthem and the flag. I understand that. I've known this as a Cowboys fan since the last 30-something years. I've been a fan, a lifelong fan since 1991. Whenever it comes to the national anthem and the flag, Jerry Jones wants all his players and coaches to stand with toes on the line, hands over their heart, for that particular sacred moment when the national anthem is played before kickoff. I understand his patriotism and all that, but the following season in 2017, when you've got the the whole, it, it blew up in the NFL's face. You might as well say it did. Players were very outspoken about what was going on. They stood behind Colin Kaepernick and it divided a lot of, locker rooms in that regard coaches players the media this is this was a hot topic it was almost every day on every sports show we was talking about the national anthem and the protesting now jerry jones did release audio or it was a an article that was that was released i can't remember what source it was and the general media just ran wild with it. I don't recall any type of what Jerry said, but it was speculated. There again, speculation and assumption that Jerry said if any anybody on the team elects to kneel or protest during the national anthem, you will not play. Now, we can't actually confirm that it was said. But at that particular moment, it divided the Cowboys locker room. Number one, there were players in that locker room, the elder statesmen of the team who were trying to do the right thing and compromise. And then there were some of the players who were like, I don't know, man, this what 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 can we do to, you know, resolve? We've got this big platform and we're all in this together on that particular Monday night football game in Arizona. Players, Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, coaching staff, they took a unity knee together before the national anthem was played. And then they all stood. I applaud how they did that, but the media looked at it as to say, 
that was just for photo ops and Jerry wasn't really all in on it. I will say this. As long as I've known, been a follower of the Dallas Cowboys, not one time in all my years have I heard of Jerry Jones being a racist. I've never heard that from former players or current players have come out and said that. He takes care of them. They're in the business side outside of football because of Jerry Jones and playing for the Dallas Cowboys. They have high respect for him. If that were the case, Will McClay, who is the vice president of player pro personnel, he would have said something if there were some shady things that was going on inside with, you know, with Jerry Jones. We haven't heard none of that. But here's the catch 22 of the things that have happened with the Cowboys that have disappeared like a snap of a finger. Back in this past offseason, we were dealing with two internal uh, controversies that went away rather quickly. The first one being the former executive who stepped down because of, you know, he was done with it, done being holding his position. And then two weeks later, there was a report of sexual misconduct with this individual within the organization. There was an internal investigation that was done. Never heard nothing else about it. Then to follow up with that, a woman who claimed she is, uh, was a claim that she was Jerry Jones's daughter and she had been receiving money, uh, you know, hush money, to, you know, to, for the support and everything. She come out and said it wasn't about the money, but she wanted to be acknowledged that she was Jerry's daughter. We ain't heard another peep out of that since last offseason. Now with this photo of him from 1957. 65 years ago, 14, 15-year-old Jerry Jones. We do know that Jerry was there. It was a bad look. He's addressed it. But I want to say this. If you think Jerry Jones is going to go on national television and address this situation and go about it that way, Jerry probably won't do it because in deep in his heart, in his mind, he knows that it's just he will be mocked by the national media and around the NFL. He'll be the it would be considered a joke. Everybody knows that Jerry speaks on any and everything. But when we got to 2020, when racial tension was was just at an all time high with, you know, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and it, it really divided us again. We had more allies in this situation than we ever had in any situation in professional sports. Jerry Jones, on the other hand, the state of the Cowboys to open up the 2020 NFL training camp season. He sat at the podium and said, we will handle this with grace. What did Jerry Jones mean by that? We're going to get through this together and we're going to be the solution, part of the solution and not the problem. Jerry Jones, for what it's worth, has done a lot of silly things as far as football decisions. But he has not hired a minority head coach in his tenure being the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. There's other owners who have not hired minorities as their head coaches. But everybody wants to, you know, they point out Jerry because he's, you know, the most marketable team, the most recognizable franchise in professional sports. And what I did see 
that was kind of of a discouragement discouragement to me is that people have been wanting Jerry to, to do a checklist similar to what the NBA done to Kyrie, the NFL should do to Jerry. That to me would that would be very detrimental. There was no crime that was committed. There was no there was no lynching. But the simple fact of the matter is he was there. And that's what people can't seem to get over. Now credit. When you're 14 or 15 years old, you do a lot of dumb stuff. You're a teenager. You're in your developmental stage. I'm sure that there was coaches at the North Little Rock High School who wanted to probably use their voices to help change the narrative. But due to the situation and the laws at that time, they were speechless and powerless at the particular moment in time. They had to go along with it. As we've went through the civil rights movement, Vietnam, everything that's happened in American history, we've still got work to do. Systematic racism is still a very well documented in our society. But I do have the soundbite from Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott in which they asked him about it. And I'm going to pull that up for you here shortly. If I can load it here. And bear with me for one second. As I said, I'm here for growth and giving grace and, and trying to make this world a better place. And that's who I am in my, at my core and all I believe in. And um, yeah, unfortunate things come up from the past pictures and, and they show um, that they show how far we've come. But in the same sense, they're a reminder of, of um, how or how what? Uh, or yeah, or just how short of a time that was ago in the same sense. Um, it wasn't that long ago that, that we were all sitting on different sides and that we weren't together. But as I said, I wouldn't be here if it was still that way. So I believe in grace and change. And th those are questions for Jerry and, and for y'all, honestly, that I don't have quite the answers for. That was Dallas Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott speaking on the matter. And I applaud what he said. Number one, there's room for growth. And we're still growing as a society. And there's layers of this whole situation that have been misunderstood. But in the, at the end of the day, we've got to be better. And the reason why I say that is there's a lot of people of color who don't get the same opportunities as our counterparts. And, you know, trying to explain ourselves because when something happens... And we look at ourselves in the mirror. We're the ones who are going to be criticized and chastised more in a sense. A lot of this stems from generations that we cannot just seem to break away from. I know I spent quite a bit of time on this particular subject. But I still believe in my heart of hearts that Jerry Jones has evolved as a man. And as a human being and understanding where in his perspective, along with trying to make sure he's trying to say the right things without taking it out of context. If Jerry were to go on TV in front of ESPN, uh, FS1, whatever the case may be, and sit down with, with that panel of, you know, Stephen A. Smith and 
Ryan Clark, Molly Karam on first take. And then to go on FS1 with Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. I think that that would be a disaster because it would be taken out of context by the general media. They would take Jerry Jones' words and flip it. And that would be what the media wants. They would back him into a corner and make him just crumble. That I feel that's what the media wants to do. They want to ostracize him for this photo. But I understand where LeBron James is coming from. The biggest polarizing athlete in professional sports global icon. Why they didn't ask him about, you know, what was about the Jerry Jones photo. When LeBron speaks, we all listen. And I love LeBron James. I love him as a human being. I love him as a basketball player and what he's done off the court and being, you know, the forefront of the whole social injustice movement. He's been there. He's been on the front line on these issues in in our society. But I will say that can we move on from this? It seems like everybody wants to cancel Jerry. I, I'll, I'll go as far as to say they want Jerry Jones to relinquish his role of the Dallas Cowboys. Remember, look what happened to Joe Paterno at Penn State a few years ago when the whole Jerry, the Jerry Sandusky scandal was going on. What happened to Joe Paterno when it took Penn State from him? He passed away a, a few months later because that's what was keeping him alive was Penn State and coaching. You take the Dallas Cowboys away from Jerry Jones, it would eat him alive to the core to where he will be become depressed and he would be become ill. Does he regret being there at that particular instance? I believe he does. I don't believe that there's an ounce of racism in Jerry Jones's bones whatsoever. It disgusts me because the society we live in will ostracize someone that for something that happened over 65 years ago. It's a bad look. It was a bad timing. Coming off of a win against, you know, the New York Giants on Thanksgiving. And this has been the topic that no one can seem to quit talking about. I wanted to leave the show off with this because I only felt that it was right. I hope that I didn't offend anybody in the process, but please understand where I'm coming from as a as a Cowboys fan and as a black man. Yes, what the I don't condone any sort of racism in our society or any kind of hate speech. I will be on the I will be one to tell you that we can grow. We can grow as a society, but it takes all of us to get this right. Be an ally. Be a change. Use your voice. Use your platform to do all that you can to keep this from happening again. But as, as the saying goes, wash, rinse, repeat. I hope and pray that Jerry Jones, Gerald Wayne Jones Jr. will look at this as a teaching moment. Not only for himself, but for everyone in that organization. We, we've, we've come a long way. And we still got more work to do in our society. But when the media tries to cancel Jerry for their own reasons, what good does that do you? How does that make you feel as an individual? Are you happy and satisfied? Or are you just 
you just look at it differently. Because when blacks get in trouble, it's all over the news. We can't stop talking about it. When our counterparts get in trouble, it's swept under the rug. And that's just being honest. Now, these are some of the sensitive subject matters that I dread talking about. Because I don't want to put my foot on my mouth to say something I'm not supposed to say. I am all for being fair. And I'm all ears into being part of the solution and hearing your your narrative on it. At the same time, we've got to do better. We have to look at this as a teaching moment for everybody. Not just not just from a standpoint of history, but as a teaching moment to the next generations to come. There's more work that needs to be done in our society. I do believe that we can grow and we can learn. And hopefully Jerry finds it in his heart to somehow try to put this behind him. But as long as he's walking and breathing on God's green earth, this is going to hang over his head until he's he's gone. This has been very crucial for me as a Cowboys fan and Cowboys Nation. And one thing we do know is adversity pulls us together. It brings us together. Because there's been players in that locker room that have had to go home to their their families, you know, their wives and girlfriends and their kids and try to explain that photo to their kids and they may not understand it. But that but that's not gonna change how they feel about Jerry Jones. Because they had to take they had to provide for their families. One player in that locker room that may be against it, everybody's gonna look at him differently. So they're gonna rally around one another. And they're going to play their best football. I don't know why it has to come to this. But the Dallas Cowboys. Adversity and controversy. It's been like that since. For as long as I can remember. But now that we've got that out the way. I just hope and pray. That everybody. Including myself. Will learn. And move on. And try to become better individuals. Moving forward. And with that being said. We are going to move on to the next topic at hand Matt Jones and the New England Patriots have been struggling offensively since the season started I'm going to defend Matt Jones on this particular instance when you have a defensive coordinator and Matt Patricia and Joe Judge who is a special teams coach calling plays neither one of those guys know what they're doing and as we've seen on the Thursday night football game between them and Buffalo Josh uh, Matt Jones outburst ex- what explained it all I don't blame Matt Jones for his outburst I really don't this team does not have the talent offensively to move the ball down the field they've got a pretty good defense but if you expect Matt Jones to go out there and go toe-to-toe with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, even Tua and Mike White, for what it's worth. The Patriots are pretty much control their own destiny to get into the playoffs right now. They lost the game on Thursday night, but Mac Jones finally stood up and, adre- and let everybody know how he felt about the offensive struggles. I applaud him. I cannot be mad at him for, you know, his outbursts. The media may look at it and say, well, he needs to quit pouting. No, 
He knows what this team's capable of with the limited offensive weapons that he has. It's not like he has a prime Rob Gronkowski or a prime Randy Moss. Some of the players that have played in New England, you know, Julian Edelman and Danny Amendola. He doesn't have those guys. He's got Jacoby Myers, Ramondre Stevenson, the running back, uh, Hunter Henry. I mean, what do you expect him to work with? I'm not going to sit here and say, well, it's all his fault. It's not. Part of that is New England's fault for not surrounding him with talent to compete at the highest level at the quarterback position in a division that features Josh Allen and the Jets quarterback, Mike White, who's been inserted into the starting lineup, and Tua in Miami. Those are the quarterbacks he has to go up against. And not to mention Burrow, Herbert, Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and Deshaun Watson to an extent. That's what he's up against. Derek Carr in, in Las Vegas. That's what he's up against. And you expect him to pull rabbits out of his hat to lead this team to victory with a limited offense, but a defensive coordinator calling plays who knows absolutely nothing about defense. Coach Pencil, as he's been referred to, and I, we all knew going into the season that the New England Patriots offense was going to be very stagnant. I do not blame uh, Mac Jones in this regard. I don't blame him at all. But the point is, the New England Patriots have failed Mac Jones the first two years of his career. There's been some talks about Tom Brady coming back, but I'll save that for the end of the show on where I think Tom Brady could land. But Mac Jones, he's he's stuck right now because after this year, the Patriots had to make a decision, you know, to make him the quarterback of the future. And from the way it looks, I believe that they may try to trade him and get some, some draft equity. But we shall see. I just hope for the best that Mac can be on a team that has talent that he can, you know, win with. As New England's not doing him any any good by surrounding him with mediocre talent and expecting him to win with it. He's not Tom Brady. He's not Brady 2.0. I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, Patriots Nation. Nevertheless, Mac Jones gets a free pass from me this week. Moving on to one of the biggest stories right now that broke last night upon the conclusion of the SWAT uh, championship game. Coach Prime Deion Sanders is headed to Colorado. He accepted the job last night after the conclusion of the of their game against uh, Southern. You know, he's the head coach, former head coach of the Jackson State Tigers. Now, it had been rumored week before last that there were some schools that was interested in him. Colorado was one, Auburn, South Florida. I would love to see him stay at Jackson State and continue building that program up. But you have to strike when the iron is hot in the Power Five, and it was an opportunity that he couldn't pass up on. Now, with Coach Prime coming to Colorado, a lot of expectations were just lifted for this team. The bar been set very high. You've got a new head coach coming in who's a proven winner and a recruiter. And his charisma and the swagger that he has is going to help land big-time recruits for Colorado and the Pac-12 in general. The negative that I've seen on social media about Coach Prime, 
I dislike that at the moment. I really do. Here's my reason. Coach Prime came to Jackson State with little to work with. He turned that program around in a matter of three seasons. He had went undefeated this year, went 11-1 last year, and he went 4-3 and in his first season in, in 2020, which was a COVID year, which most of the uh, NCAA players did not play. Coach Prime is going to change life at Colorado. The swag in general, this is one thing that I noticed coming on social media. It's been nothing but negative responses that, it, oh, it's been about Coach Prime. He didn't care about the swag. He didn't care. He just used his, it was all about him. He didn't care about those players. Newsflash for y'all. Most of those young men have been impacted by his presence. They learned how to be men away from the field. Pulse football. How to conduct yourself as a businessman. He changed life for those for those young men. He gave them hope and opportunity that they probably wouldn't have got at any other power five. It was a lot of questions with him taking over, uh, going to an HBCU. But when the opportunity came for him to double his salary, he took it. He even donated half of his salary that he was making at Jackson State back to the SWAC and the and the university to help you know garner more resources for their programs. You can't sit here and say that it was all about Prime. It wasn't. He landed the highly coveted number one recruit in Travis Hunter. Which he made him flip from Florida State to come to J, uh, JSU. His sons played exceptionally well in the short time. Jackson State went from being a bottom tier program to being one of the best programs in the SWAC. He changed life. He impacted the, the SWAC. And for the, the former players and HBCU alumni who have been saying that Coach Prime, it was all about him. It was never about the. It was never about the, the kids. Have you seen the vlogs that you know that his son uh, Dion Junior posted post game? How he interacts with those kids. Those young men will will go far in life, and they can use that on their resume if they elect not to play professional football and they want to get jobs and better careers for themselves. They can use Coach Prime as. As a, as a reference to say, yes, I play for one of the, the greatest uh, NFL players of all time in Coach Prime. Going to the Pac-12, it's going to be a little bit more difficult. You're now going to have to face tougher competition. And you need five-star recruits to go toe-to-toe with the likes of Oregon, Washington, uh, USC, UCLA, Cal, Arizona, uh, you're going to need that five-star recruit that's going to go toe-to-toe. You need that head coach, and Coach Prime is going to elevate this program into into a, a much bigger standard of expectation, what he expects from his players, his coaching staff. And with the portal system, I'm sure he's going to get some phenomenal young men to come and play. As he always says, I want some dogs on offense and defense. And those young men are going to respond in a way they've never responded to any coach that has walked through the University of Colorado. Now, with that being said, 
it's going to take two years to turn this around. By the time you get to year three, Colorado should be in the Pac-12 championship and possibly playing for the college football playoff now that they're going to expand it. He is going to have his work cut out, and it's going to take time, ladies and gentlemen. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As a fan of Coach Prime since he played with the Falcons and, of course, my Cowboys, I'm very happy for him and his uh, lovely companion, Tracy Edmonds, along with, you know, his sons, if they elect to join him in Colorado with uh, Shiloh and Shador, if they elect to transfer as well to, you know, join join their father on the on the team. It's a big move, and I wish Coach Prime nothing but the utmost respect and, and good luck because he's been wanting this for a few years now to be in a power five, and this is an opportunity to strike while the iron's still hot. It's going to be a change of life. It's going to be a change of scenery. But at the end of the day, Colorado, you got yourselves a proven head coach who can win and recruit. You're in for a big treat. And I can't wait to see what Coach Prime does at Colorado. And with today being the college football uh, playoff, the final rankings, I would give you my, my four at the end of the show. But big congrats to Coach Prime. Uh, Deion Sanders, uh, I love what he's going to be able to do. And Jackson State, you should be very grateful for the, the things that he's done for the program in a short period of time. Let that tradition carry on in Jackson State that you can be, be a winner and you can recruit. The next coach behind him, he's got big shoes to fill. He may not be on the same swagger and charisma as Coach Prime, but the program is in good hands with the next head coach, whoever comes in, because Coach Prime did his part. He built a program. He built a winner. He turned things around. He gave that community hope. And for those who are calling him a sellout, go kick rocks. Go kick rocks. I'm serious. Because you don't know him as a man and how he impacted the lives of that program and as a conference in the SWAC. Go kick rocks. Before you call someone a sellout, look at yourself in the mirror, please. Moving on to one of my favorite, favorite, well, we got Deshaun Watson to talk about before we get to my two favorite segments. As you all know, Deshaun Watson makes his his debut today against his former team, the Houston Texans. He's been on 11 game suspension. And today will be his first start as a member of the Cleveland Browns. He played a little bit in the preseason, was a little rusty. But I am curious to how this reception is going to be for Deshaun Watson. I don't know if there's going to be boos. There's going to be cheers. Who knows? There's going to be a lot of number four jerseys in the stands of Houston Texan fans. His accusers will be in attendance. This is going to be one of the more bizarre debuts that I've seen from any athlete 
in any sport due to the ramifications of the allegations of sexual mis- misconduct and assault. I've seen some very weird returns. You know, Kevin Durant making his return to Oklahoma City after bolting them to go to uh, Golden State. That was a very wild night in general. Uh, LeBron going back to Cleveland for the first time in 2010 as a member of the Miami Heat. That was bizarre. But this has to be one of the more bizarre return slash debuts I've ever had to sit and try to dissect. For what it's worth, Deshaun Watson has made improvements, but as a man, he still has a lot of work to do. He has a lot of work to do. The football talent is going to ramp up on its own, but how sympathetic is he to his to his his accusers? Twenty three out of twenty four lawsuits against him. If you maintain your innocence, then why did you settle? I think that's the bigger question we haven't really had answered yet. The Cleveland Browns gave him the biggest contract in NFL history, fully guaranteed. At the time this this acquisition was made, the legal issues were still still you know being discussed. The Cleveland Browns gave up quite a bit to get Deshaun Watson to put themselves in a better position to compete, rather than you know have Baker Mayfield you know try to be the quarterback of this team. Deshaun Watson is probably going to have a very rough outing, but I do believe that. Once this is out of the way, his return to Houston is out of the way, the jitters and rust will be worked off. But I will say I do not condone any type of sexual predatorial behavior towards women. I don't condone it against men in general. I don't condone it against anybody. Any kind of sexual misconduct, any kind of predatory behavior towards people. Deshaun Watson, how sympathetic are you? I think in your heart of hearts, you've moved on, but your accusers is still going to hold that over your head. That's something you're going to have to live with. You're going to have to regain the trust of the fan base, the NFL fans, and the community. And most importantly, the women that were hurt along the way. Those women... Their careers forever changed by this whole process. How they were sexually assaulted. You have to live with that. People will hold that over your head. My advice to you would be. Keep yourself out of trouble. Keep yourself out of these situations. Don't let it happen again. Learn. Move forward. Be a better individual. Have a stronger inner circle around you to hold you accountable this will not go away anytime soon because if something like this occurs again we're not we're not going to feel sorry for you i didn't necessarily feel sorry you the first time around but at the same time i had to be the voice of reason and to try and hold you accountable for what you did to those women i fully support women and their their civil liberties and their rights because we're living in in a time where they've been under fire from the government as far as how to, you know, how their 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 birthrights and everything else. There's a lot of ire that's still going on with that. 
So when I hear these particular situations of sexual misconduct with women, I have no sympathy for individuals who are involved. I don't. And it's just it's just one of those things where we as a people need to move forward and move forward with life and live and learn from critical mistakes that have impacted others around us. It's time to hold ourselves accountable and it's time to hold athletes and everybody else in our society who hold positions of power accountable. Because if we keep sweeping stuff like this under the rug, it's going to continue to happen. Moving on to my favorite, favorite subject, my favorite topic of the week. And it is the chaotic truth is. And this week, it is our, it is our, the chaotic truth is. And this week, the team is the Arizona Cardinals. As you all know, Kyler Murray is not the quarterback that everybody envisioned him to be coming into this season or since the day he was drafted. After what I saw last week with Kyler and his press conference, I think it's time for the Arizona Cardinals to reset. Let's go ahead and cue our our Titanic music. And here we go. Alright. The chaotic truth is the Arizona Cardinals need to move on from Cliff Kingsbury. We've said this for the last three or so years. They start out red hot, get out to a hot start, and then they go backwards. Kyler Murray, for what it's worth, is stuck in Arizona. But the Cardinals, you know, we all, as we all seen with the the contract that was given to him earlier this summer, the study clause that was written into it, that told me everything about Kyler Murray that proved to be true. There are sources in Arizona who have went on select shows that said every day it's a different it's a different matter with Kyler Murray. He's he's immature, he's difficult to work with. And it's pretty bad when you see DeAndre Hopkins, the most mild-mannered receiver and player in the NFL, that's pretty much done with Kyler by saying, "Dude, you, you, I'm done with you. You, you ain't playing right." And then to throw his entire head coaching staff under the bus over their offensive game plan, and everybody at the pod at in the press conference laughed. If that had been Dak Prescott, Josh Allen. Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, and even Lamar Jackson, for what it's worth, has said that about the their coaching staff. We'd never hear the end of it. We wouldn't. But it seems like with Kyler, it's almost like he's getting a free pass. Now, when you're under six feet, and whenever I watch him play, I don't see a franchise quarterback. I see an athletic quarterback. That's it. A sensational generational talent. But man. It just seems like he's playing a video game. Every week. And that just to me. Says you do not study film. 
in order to be a franchise quarterback in this league, you've got to put in that work. You have to be able to work with your teammates, your organization. They gave you $230 million, $46 million annually. And this is the end result of what they're getting. If the Arizona Cardinals had been smart, they could have moved on after this year because they would have been they would have been stuck with the, the fifth year option. But if you had moved on from Kyler, what's available? Because now you're pretty much saying you move on from him. You don't have no other options because you don't have you won't have a high draft pick to go get the likes of a our Bryce Young, a CJ Shroud, whoever may be available. Excuse me. Nevertheless. Cliff Kingsbury is likely gone after this year. He can't coach. Him and Kyler, the bromance is, is broken. DeAndre Hopkins may leave Arizona after this year. To make matters worse, former Arizona Cardinal Patrick Peterson called him out on a podcast. That tells me everything that we all assumed about Kyler Murray. I don't know if it's an Oklahoma thing. With their quarterbacks being, you know, very sensitive. But I need someone to explain that to me. Because it just feels like every quarterback that goes to OU has the biggest chip on their shoulder when they get to the next level. And I'm starting to wonder what else can the organization do. Kyler Murray is not a leader by any stretch of the imagination. Because if he was a leader... He went through his whole coaching staff under the bus before, after that loss to the Chargers, in which he said that the offensive scheme was was effed after that particular moment. And everybody in the press conference left. If you're a fan of this team and a fan of this of Kyler, you're disappointed at this particular moment in time. And the reason why I say that, look at what the Jets did with Zach Wilson. Look what they did. They benched Zach Wilson in favor of Mike White. Mike White played the best game of his, you know, probably one of the best games of his career last week against the Bears. But you've seen how that team responded, how everybody was happy and joyful with the win. Zach Wilson looking like a loner, like, eh, well, you know, I, I, I'm still the number two pick on this team. I'm, I'm coming back, guys. Just give me time. No. You're not coming back, Zach Wilson. Back to Arizona Cardinals. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When Colt McCoy started a couple weeks ago in that Monday night game against the 49ers, there were players in that locker room that was reported how Colt McCoy was a leader. Key word, leader. How he commanded the locker room, the huddle. He was easier to work with versus Kyler Murray. Even though Colt McCoy is not a making 40 plus billion dollars, he was actually out there trying to keep this team afloat. Now credit 
they, it was against the 49ers, and they got beat. But you notice the difference in how a team responds with a veteran quarterback versus someone that's a hot shot and a hothead. Kyler Murray, to me, is your typical quarterback athlete that is above everybody. When the team loses, there's no accountability. When the team wins, it's all about him. But in this instance, the whole organization is at fault. You got a head coach that you may that you're going to move on from. Whatever, whoever comes in behind Cliff Kingsbury, they got their work. They've got their work cut out with Kyler Murray and trying to get him to buy into a team concept. For what it's worth, I feel like the Arizona Cardinals will try to move on from Kyler Murray in the next couple of seasons. Get out of that contract because it's going to be a disaster with whoever comes in as the next head coach it's going to hold him accountable hold him to a higher standard to lead be a leader of this team that's what some of these young players need in these coaches that they need to be held accountable if you're going to be a franchise quarterback conduct yourself as a franchise quarterback do not and i repeat do not throw your coaching staff and your teammates under the bus and neglect yourself it doesn't work that way so as we close this particular segment of the show, Arizona Cardinals are just a disaster. They've been a disappointment the last two years since Kyler Murray's been the quarterback. Rookie year, yeah, it was just trial and error. 2020, that started off hot, fanned out at the end. Last year, started 10-2, lost, you know, some crucial games down the stretch. The only win they had in that stretch was against the Dallas Cowboys. Kyler Murray needs to grow up in order to become the quarterback he's capable of being. It starts with him. He has to look at himself in the mirror and be the leader and not play and follow the leader. Because when the going gets tough, your teammates look at you to help you know, lead the way. But they can't follow you if you're not willing to take accountability for your shortcomings. Cliff Kingsbury is, is over his head. He looks like he's in lossless locker room in this team. Because Kyler Murray, it's either Kyler Murray or bust. And the bromance is over. The honeymoon phase is over for this team trying to compete. They need to hire a real coach with accountability. But whoever that coach is going to be is going to really look at the roster and look at this team. Mainly Kyler Murray. Who knows what's going to happen? I don't know. You don't know. Nobody knows. I will say that as we close this particular segment and move on to my favorite segment, the Arizona Cardinals are just, they're stuck in the Red Sea right now and they can't get out of it. The ship's already sunk and everybody's just stranded. Kyler Murray's somewhere on a lifeboat, chilling. You know, he's done made it to, you know, home base. Everybody else is, is there trying to get to a lifeboat or whatever they can hold on to. Kyler Murray has abandoned his team and it's shown over the last, you know, several weeks. Moving on to my favorite segment. I love this segment. I'm sure that you do too. And this particular player makes the segment for the multiple of time. And let's get the sound bite from the legendary Michael J. White. Mike, take us away. 
Enough from the clown. Enough from the clown. And this week is, let me get the drum roll. Antonio Brown, ladies and gentlemen, is the winner of Enough from the Clown. So, where it's not football related, uh, we all know that no team's going to sign him. We are well aware that he is best friends with Kanye West. If he has not cut ties with him at the moment, all the wild stuff he's done said the last two weeks, shame on him. I do not feel sorry for him. But, A.B. made the news again for being there was a warrant issued for his arrest. Apparently, he found himself in a little bit of trouble over the Thanksgiving holiday that uh, a arrest warrant was issued by the Tampa Bay Police Department. Apparently, A.B. was trying to, let's see here, what did it say? Uh, let's see, A.B., he was denied, uh, let's see here, he posed a significant danger of causing personal injury to him or a woman or others in the near future and beyond by having a firearm or other or any ammunition in custody or control or by purchasing, possessing, or receiving a firearm of any ammunition. This was what was reported by the... WFTS Tampa Bay ABC News Affiliate. And, of course, this is just another day in the life of Antonio Brown that is not football related. It was, it's just another, another day, another article in which AB refuses to go seek help and get himself together mentally. It is also reported from the same affiliate that Antonio Brown had began throwing the woman's belongings out of the house. So there was an incident of some sort of verbal confrontation between A.B. and this particular woman. And whenever the police arrived, they A.B. locked all the doors to the house. And... This is just one of those things where anytime the laws and enforcement is involved with AB, you already know what you're dealing with. So it's best to make sure that you have protection, shields, whatever you need, because you never know when this, when this man in AB is going to literally start losing it. So as the story is it goes along, this is just one of those things where AB was just being stupid. Being stupid. Nothing new under the sun. But he continues to make, you know, good clown of the week. Or enough from the con, I should say. We all know A.B., his shenanigans, what he's done since, you know, he left Tampa Bay. He's just, he's out there, ladies and gentlemen. I really don't know what else to say. He's not a... a a good human human being. It's just one of those things where it is. It's always something with Antonio Brown. Always something with AB. There we can't get around it. It's just one of those. He's just one of those players. You take your you take your chances if you're signing. You know what he comes with. You know the baggage. 
you know what it is, you take a risk, and you try to do the right thing, and give him a, give him a chance to, you know, better himself, surround him with a good support system, and he pretty much acts a dummy. It is just one thing after another, and this is stems from, this particular warrant stems from a domestic battery incident on November 28th. We all know his history, his checkered history with with assault. That's not a surprise. There's a reason why no NFL team assigned him. He burned the bridge with Tom Brady. And he's best friends with Kanye West. Antonio Brown needs some serious help, ladies and gentlemen. His mental health is not a safe space. And these reoccurring incidents keep happening with him. And there's until he has to go and do some serious counseling or jail time, this will continue to happen until somebody gets severely hurt. I hope and pray it does not come to that. Because if it does, lo lo and behold, everybody is going to feel sorry for him. Me personally, I don't feel sorry for him. He knows he needs help, but he won't get the help. People have told him to go somewhere and chill out, but he won't. He's got to be constantly... In somebody's, on somebody's podcast, making the news for all the wrong reasons, not related to football, and this is the end result. As a wash, rinse, repeat, a pattern behavior with Antonio Brown. He needs help. And I say that with an honest heart, that he does need help. Not before he get back on the football field, which he probably won't. He'll likely be he's going to continue this pattern of behavior until somebody gets severely hurt. And once somebody gets hurt, then everybody's going to run to his defense. In these, in these particular situations, it doesn't work that way. I hope and pray that anybody who has affiliation with him, that you really set him down and tell him to stop acting like a complete dummy. Seriously. His behavior speaks for itself. His erratic behavior towards women speaks for itself. And with that being said, A.B., enough from the clown. Moving on to our week 13 picks of the week. These are some very interesting matchups. We have a lot to discuss and a lot of picks. I hope I'm fairly good with my picks this week. And hopefully my upset of the week is pretty good. I'm also going to introduce a new segment during my picks. So stay tuned for that. Let's go ahead and get our music going here. Uh, This is a beat that I composed myself. I used it last week. Hopefully everybody likes it. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And here we go with the NFL Week 13 picks. Let's go, y'all. All right. First game on tap. We've got 
The Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. It's desperation time for the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Atlanta Falcons, they're in desperation mode. I think this is a game that could be very close. I like Pittsburgh in this game. I like Pittsburgh to win this game. The Falcons are going to do what they normally do, hang in there. But in the end, Pittsburgh Steelers defense led by TJ Watt is on a mission. They're trying to stay afloat and make sure to, in order to make sure Mike Tomlin doesn't have a losing season. Give me the Pittsburgh Steelers 24-19 over the Atlanta Falcons. Our next game, the Green Bay Packers and the Chicago Bears. Aaron Rodgers owns the Green Bay, uh, the Chicago Bears. He has has a winning record against the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears are basically going to have a high draft pick, and there I think Justin Fields is sitting out this week. This is a team that has been gassed on defense, and I think the the Packers run game and the emergence of Christian Watson. Is going to be big dividends this week. I like the Green Bay Packers in this game. 23-17 over the Chicago Bears. Moving on to the Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the Detroit Lions from Ford Field. The Jacksonville Jaguars have been in some games. Very close ones. The Detroit Lions are... Still riding a little bit, a little bit of momentum despite losing on Thanksgiving to the Buffalo Bills off of a walk-off field goal. The Lions, uh, James Williams will make his debut today. Their first-round pick from this year's draft, he will make his debut and be on a pitch count. So, with that being said, Detroit can run the football. Jared Goff can air it out a little bit. The Jaguars will be in this game. But in the end, give me the Detroit Lions to win 28-20 over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Moving on to what could be a very entertaining game. Very sluggish game. We've got the New York Jets flying into Minnesota to take on the Vikings. As you all are aware, Zach Wilson has been benched in favor of Mike White. Jets coming off of a win last week against the Chicago Bears, which Mike White played phenomenal. We saw the players' reactions to the victory and how Mike White really sparked this team. And if I'm not mistaken, they wore t-shirts with Mike White on it today to Chicago, to, to Minnesota in, in support of Mike White. The Minnesota Vikings coming off of a 10-day Layoff to prepare, coming off a win over uh, the New England Patriots on Thanksgiving. That Minnesota Vikings defense is bad, mainly in the passing game. Good against the run, but very bad against the pass. I'm going to tell you why I'm picking the Jets to win this game. This is Mike White's opportunity to expose this Viking defense a little bit more in the, in the uh, pass game. They are atrocious, as we've seen uh, the Thursday night game on Thanksgiving against the Patriots, in which Mac Jones looked like Tom Brady, if truth be told. 
I see this game getting onto a slow start. Kind of sluggish. Minnesota will jump out. But I think the Jets will make the adjustments on defense as well as their offense. Mike White has a big game. The Minnesota Vikings get exposed and Kirk Cousins folds. With that being said, give me the New York Jets to win 31-13 to over the Minnesota Vikings. Moving on to an NFC East matchup. I got, if I had to pick between the two teams, the Washington Commanders going to New York to face the Giants. The New, the New York Giants coming off of a 10-day layoff. The Washington Commanders, they're riding the momentum with Taylor Heineke and this run offense with Tayshawn uh, or Antonio Gibson and uh, Brian Robinson. The defense has been fairly good. Without Chase Young, the New York Giants trying to keep their playoff hopes alive. I'm taking the Washington Commanders today. 30-21 to 21 over the New York Football Giants. Reason why is Saquon Barkley bust for the Giants. We don't know if Darius Slayton's going to play today. Daniel Jones has been hot and cold, and the Commanders know that they control their own destiny to get to the playoffs. I think they go into New York to get a big win to keep their playoff hopes alive. And I'm going 30. They got the win, 30 to 21 over the Giants. Moving on to my upset of the week. I have been waiting for this game. I have been waiting for this game. The Tennessee Titans travel to the city of Brotherly Love in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania to take on the Eagles. I hate the Eagles. I dislike them. One thing that the Eagles have been exposed, they cannot stop the run. They cannot. Derrick Henry coming to town. This is going to be a Derrick Henry kind of game. This is going to be Derrick Henry having at least 20 or more carries with two touchdowns and close to 200 yards rushing. The Philadelphia Eagles are not the team everybody's wanting, is not the team everybody is making them out to be. Yeah, they may have the best record, but if you look at their defense, their run defense is terrible. If you think they can stop Derrick Henry, put some money on it. I don't think they can. This is the game Jalen Hurts will have to play from behind. And he's going to be mistake prone. Because this Titans defense is going to drain the clock against the Eagles. They are going to run it up the gut all day from start to finish against the Eagles. They will do that. Derrick Henry will carry this team to victory. They will upset the Philadelphia Eagles. And I got the score. 29 to 20 over the Philadelphia Eagles in which the Titans will get a much needed win to get back in the winner's circle over the division rival, NFC East division rival, Philadelphia Eagles. Good luck, Derrick Henry. Good luck, my man. Go in there and show it and pro and keep telling everybody you're the best running back in football right now. Our next game. The Denver Broncos traveling to Baltimore to take on Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Broncos have the worst offense in football. They're only averaging 17 points. 
The defense has only gave, give up 17 points. The Denver Broncos' season of misery continues. Reason being, Russell Wilson has not played to his expectations as we all initially thought. Nathaniel Hackett was not the right hire at head coach. The Baltimore Ravens coming off of a, a heartbreaking loss to Jacksonville last week. The Baltimore Ravens are going to run a number on the Denver Broncos. Lamar Jackson is going to be the bigger, the biggest contributor to this win today. The Broncos country, let's cry because you've been crying all season long. Russell Wilson, just go ahead and shut him down. Just, just shut him down for the rest of the season because this, this is a lost season. Your, your defense can only do so much, but you're going up one of the more athletic running quarterbacks to the NFL, Lamar Jackson. They're going to be kind of teed off today because of the heartbreaking loss to Jacksonville last week. The Broncos, there's nothing to, there's nothing to write about. It's been more cried about. Lamar Jackson puts on a show. This Ravens defense with Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, Marcus Peters, and Marlon Humphrey, they have a field day. I got the Ravens winning in blowout fashion. Sending the Broncos back to Denver and a 40-14 blowout win. Broncos country, let's cry. Ravens, let's flock. Moving on to the more interesting returns for an NFL player in general, Deshaun Watson, as the Cleveland Browns take on the Houston Texans. This is going to be very, very strange. As I stated earlier, I wonder what the reception is going to be for the Houston fans as Deshaun Watson comes out the tunnel as a member of the Cleveland Browns. His accusers are going to be in the stands and... I expect this to be a slow start. It's going to be very ugly from the start. Deshaun Watson, all the jitters and emotions, and a lot of people are going to be asked to probably ask him all week about you know his return and, and everything that's happened in the legal process. The Texans have nothing to lose. They're, they have one win on the season. They're going to be in this game for a little bit, but... The Cleveland Browns defense, Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward. These guys are trying to stay afloat in the playoffs and can try to get a wild card spot. Nick Chubb, this is his kind of game. Kareem Hunt, they're going to rely heavily on the run game to kind of keep Deshaun from making mistakes pushing the ball downfield. I can see the Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt combined having roughly about 205 yards combined between the two of them. They're going to keep this game short. They're not going to press. I do believe that the Browns will win. But I give them the benefit of the doubt that Deshaun will play fairly decent in his first pre his first game in over 700 days. Give me the Cleveland Browns to win 28-13 over the Houston Texans. Moving on to an NFC West matchup between... The Seattle Seahawks, who have been a surprise team this year, and the defending Super Bowl champs, who have just hit rock bottom. If you had told me at the beginning of the season that the Los Angeles Rams would only have three wins, 
I would have took that bet. The Seattle Seahawks have looked like a playoff team all year. They go into the Rams with no Matthew Stafford, no Aaron Donald, or Cooper Cup. It's going to be a Seattle. It's the Seahawks are going to fly all afternoon over the Rams. I like the Seahawks in this game. Kenneth Walker would be my pick for Offensive Rookie of the Year. And Geno Smith, Comeback Player of the Year. The Rams, there's little to the imagination. Their Super Bowl hangover is real. Give me the Seahawks, 34-16 over the Rams. Moving on to our, our afternoon window of games. This is a very interesting matchup. Very interesting. We've got the Miami Dolphins traveling to the Bay Area to take on the San Francisco 49ers. Mike McDaniel making his return to Santa Clara to go up against his his mentor, offensive mentor, Kyle Shanahan. Dolphins coming in with a very good record. They're playing some real good football. Tua has looked really good. The offense is what we expected with, you know, the, the addition of Tyreek Hill. Got the Dolphins defense so-so. But Tua, you're going up against one of the best defenses in the NFL in the 49ers. Joey Bosa, Fred Warner, D. Ford. Should I continue? Their secondary has been the, the strength of this team that was a weakness in the previous couple seasons has played fairly well. Debo Samuel is questionable with a deep thigh bruise. You've got the run game has been very good. You've got Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle. you got a really, really good offensive line. One of the premier offensive lines in football. And Trent Williams, the best left tackle in football for the 49ers. Kyle Shanahan, one of the best young offensive minds we have in the football right now. I expect the 49ers to win this game. I expect the Miami Dolphins to keep it as close as they can. But that 49ers defensive front is going to give to a fits. The offensive line for the Dolphins is fairly good. But man, this this offensive line has got their work cut out against that 49ers defense. I believe it'll be close midway through the third quarter going into the fourth. But in the end, I'll take Kyle Shanahan over Mike McDaniel. I trust the 49ers defense to deliver in this game. Because these next three games for Tua is going to be key point indicators if he's the quarterback of the future for this Miami Dolphins after this season. I'll take the 49ers to win 35-20 to over the Miami Dolphins. Moving on to the arguably going to be the game of the day, in my humble opinion. We have the AFC Championship rematch from this past season between the Kansas City Chiefs traveling to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. This is going to be a high-scoring game because both quarterbacks, we know what they represent. We know that Andy Reid and uh, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey are on another level. Both these defenses are similar. Joe Burrow is looking forward to this game. No Joe Mixon because he's out with concussion. They can run the ball fairly well. T. Higgins has, has been an unsung hero for this Bengals defense in the absence of Jamar Chase, who's questionable to play today. 
Zach Taylor done a fairly good job, but I, I wouldn't say he's a guru by any stretch of imagination. Andy Reid, we know what he represents. This game's going to go back and forth. It will be very high scored. I think there's a little bit of revenge factor in Kansas City because of them losing to the Bengals in the AFC Championship game this past season. Joe Burrow will make the plays that he has to make. He will put the team on his back. Patrick Mahomes will have some some fourth quarter heroics, but in the end, give me Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals to pull off the upset win of a final score of 34-27 over the Kansas City Chiefs. Moving on to a new, a new segment I'm introducing in the Chaotic Picks of the Week. The NFL Picks of the Week. This is a segment I call the Not-So-Chaotic Pick. It's the one pick I'm not so sure of. I go back and forth, up and down, like a yo-yo and a seesaw. And I have to draw a conclusion of who I think is going to win this game. It's not necessarily a coin flip. But it's the one game out of the picks that I'm that I'm not so sure about. But I'm going to go with my gut instinct on who I think is going to win. We've got the Los Angeles Chargers traveling to Las Vegas to take on the Raiders. Just Justin Herbert is a sensational player. Sensational quarterback. I love watching Justin Herbert play. A great talent. He's got limited to work with on offense. He's got a head coach who's head over heels that doesn't know what he's doing. Sadly, this is just the way that the cookie crumbles. You're going to play a division rival and the Las Vegas Raiders, who have found new life over the last two weeks. I will, as much as I am not a fan of Josh McDaniels, nor Brandon Staley, I believe this is a Josh Jacobs game. I think Josh Jacobs rushes for over 150 yards on the ground. He's going to get involved in a passing game. Devontae Adams is going to go to work against this Chargers secondary. And the Raiders will pull off the win today. Because Brandon Staley will do Brandon Staley things. He will find ways to lose versus win. Last week, they went for it and got the two-point conversion to win the game over Arizona. On the road. Big win. Congratulations. But you're going to Vegas to take on the Raiders. As we all know, Brandon Staley can't coach in situational football. I've got the Raiders winning in my not-so- chaotic pick the debut of this segment 38 28 over the los angeles chargers our sunday night game my beloved dallas cowboys jerry world prime time 7 20 kickoff central time hosting the home state indianapolis colts led by interim head coach jeff saturday this is a game that could get out to a slow start. And we all know the adversity controversy that has been Jerry Jones all week with the photo, which I discussed at the beginning of the show. This Indianapolis Colts offense, terrible. Matt Ryan looks like he's got cement bricks on his ankles and feet, his lower body, and he can't move. They have no offense Jonathan Taylor does not look like the best running back of football that he was last year. 
this offensive line is going to have a field day trying to slow down the linebacker Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, the unsung hero of the Cowboys defensive line, Doris Armstrong, Trayvon Diggs, my man, who has been since has been made a vast improvement in being a cover corner. This offense, this is the game for them to really gain some traction. And what I mean by gaining traction, make it an Indy 500 on them. Make it an Indy 500 on the Indianapolis Colts because you're the better team going into this matchup. You're the better roster. Please do not start slow. But what can get this team in trouble early? Penalties. Has been the Achilles heel for this Dallas defense, uh, this Dallas offense. Stopping the run, which I read earlier in the week that, you know, that they've been on each other offensively and defensively about, you know, their mistakes, calling it out. Kudos to them for taking themselves and holding themselves accountable. I believe this is a Tony Pollard kind of game. I believe CeeDee Lamb's going to have a decent game. I believe Michael Gallup and our wonderful tight ends are going to be in the mix as well with Hendershot, Ferguson, and Schultz, who were fined by the NFL for their whack-a-mole celebration in the Salvation Army kettle. The NFL is becoming more petty with fines. It's the no-fun league. I don't get it. I mean, I love celebrations, but there's a fine line of celebrating and taking it to the extreme, in which the Cowboys, they didn't. They didn't take that to the extreme. I mean, it's the Salvation Army red kettle. If anything... The guys in that locker room paid for the fines and probably donated some money to the Salvation Army in the process. Dak Prescott will have a monster game. Zeke will get his carries, but he'll be the closer. Because he's going to punish his close defense early and often. And you got the lightning and a rod and Tony Pollard who's going to get loose in the second level and take it to the house. I think we control the clock. We control time of possession. And we blow the Indianapolis Colts and send them... We blow them out and send them back to Indianapolis in a blowout win. Micah Parsons has three sacks. Demarcus Lawrence has a strip fumble. And if Matt Ryan dares to throw the ball in Trayvon Diggs' directions, I want to see a pick six. Please, Trayvon, please get a pick six tonight. Because any quarterback that's in their smart mind knows not to throw in Diggs' direction. But Matt Ryan, what does he have to lose? Besides being on a highlight reel off of a, Trey Di- a Trayvon Diggs interception. This crowd's going to be juiced. We're going to be stoked. It's been 10 days without Dallas Cowboys football. Give me the Cowboys to win. 42-16 to over the Indianapolis Colts. Our Monday night game to conclude week 13. A very interesting NFC South matchup. We've got... The New Orleans Saints traveling to New uh, Tampa Bay to take on Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are they're doing all they can to stay alive in this playoff race. The NFC South is a bad division. It really is. I would say an eight or nine win team wins that division and hosts a playoff game. The Saints have had Tom Brady's number regardless since he's been in since he was in New England or now in Tampa, Dennis Allen puts on a masterclass against Tom Brady. I like the Saints defense. I like Andy Dalton to 
keep the game manageable. I wish Jameis Winston was playing, but, you know, that's a different subject for another day. The Buccaneers have no swagger. There's no sense of urgency with this team. Todd Bowles looks like he's lost all of his will to coach this team. And they're just there's no urgency, there's no accountability on this team. Who would have thought that a Tom Brady-led team would be this painful to watch, you know, coming back for his 23rd season? With that being said, this is an odd score. But I'm taking the Saints to win 24-15 to 15 over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in what's going to be a very strange Monday Night Football game for these two teams and the, the, the broadcast crew. Our Thursday night game for Week 14, we've got the Las Vegas Raiders traveling to Los Angeles to take on the Rams. No Matthew Stafford, won't probably won't play. No Aaron Donald, and likely no Cooper Cup. The Raiders will be on a short week along with along with the Rams. I'm taking the uh, the Raiders in this game, and our Thursday night Week 14 matchup, 31 to 13 over the Los Angeles Rams. That is all of our week 13 picks. Now we are going to move in the final sentiments of the show and I'm going to give you my the reason for my hiatus from last week. Let me get a drink for a second and I'll be right with you. Alright. Here we go. As you all know, I am a Recovering mental health patients since uh, the year 2020. I took my hiatus and sabbatical for, for personal reasons. As you all know, the legendary iconic actor Jason David Frank, better known as uh, Tommy Oliver from the Power Rangers franchise, you know, passed away untimely at the age of 49. Um, before, right at after Thanksgiving, it was it was been a very very long week for me because it hit differently, and knowing that he devoted his you know his second career to the fans and everyone who grew up watching the Power Rangers franchise as a whole, it hit me because as someone who's dealt with anxiety and depression. And I'm not ashamed of, you know, admitting that to you all. I'm very open about it. It affected me, ladies and gentlemen, because we all have our struggles. We all go through something different. Go through maybe it's addiction, you know, mental health, whatever the case may be. There's a lot of generational curses in our in the black community in which We've yet to overcome and it's created a lot of mental health issues, a lot of abandonment and, you know, detrimental conduct as we've seen in with our with our young black men and women who are incarcerated. It breaks my heart that we still we still fight against ourselves in this particular magnitude of mental health. It's been. Roughly three years for me, and I still have my my moments of of doubt. And the reason why I'm sharing this with you because I 
this is my therapy for me. Um, I know some of my friends in my inner circle and you know some of my you know social media followers who are dealing with mental health and my advice to you coming from my perspective and my experience, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to, you know, if if you're feeling anxious, you know, that's we're all human beings. That's, that's a natural feeling. But you have to address those feelings because you don't want it to get to a point where you bottle up all that and you take your own life. You inflict self-harm on yourself. It's not worth it. And just observing how, you know, Jason David Frank's passing affected me. It, it was a realization that, you know, we all the fame, success that we have can't take away the hurt that we've been dealt with on within eternally. Family matters, losing relatives, loved ones. It, it takes a toll on us. And the reason why that I feel that JDS passing was a stark reminder that you don't have to fight this battle alone. You don't. And as I say time and time again, make sure your mental health is in a safe space. Make sure your other health, as far as your intimate, spiritual, physical, and any kind of health related, make sure it's all aligned with one another. I had to take a break because I was feeling dealing with a heavy depression from all this. And with everything that's going on in our society, you know, the politics and, you know, excuse me, every every other week, every other day, it's it was it's something about Kanye West saying some outlandish stuff. And now that, you know, we've got the, the Senate races taking place in, in Georgia, there's a whole lot going on that's not being talked about. All of this creates anxiety that we can't handle. If we would take time out of our week to put our devices down, whether it be a cell phone, tablet, laptop, whatever the case may be, and just sit down and spend time and create a safe haven, a lot of good can come out of that. Can we have one week or one month without social media? I have no issues with social media because it's a marketing tool. Marketing your brand, your podcast, your your businesses. I get all that. But there comes a point in time where it becomes a dangerous asset to us because everybody has one. We miss life's biggest and greatest blessings by having by being attached to our devices. And it got to a point where I just said, you know what? I'm taking a break because I can't handle it. I couldn't handle it. And I get like that from time to time because, excuse me, I know deep in my heart that I am far from perfect. I'm progressing. I've always said if I'm not having fun with something, I just put it on the back burner for a little while. With my podcast, I have fun with it. But I wasn't going to give you an episode where I wasn't my heart wasn't in it. I didn't have that same energy as you probably felt whenever I opened the show. I couldn't do it. And reaching out to, you know, my podcast, my grid teammates, you know, shout out to all those guys that there's been some issues in my life 
that I've yet to, you know, address. I addressed some of it while I was away, the depression and the anxiety, but there's just some things going on in my, my personal life around me that I'm still dealing with. And pray, hope and pray that in 2023, all those issues will be will, will be resolved. As of today, it is the Crazy Faith offering for Transformation Church, which I've been following uh, since 2020. Pastor Michael Todd and uh, Natalie Todd, shout out to them. Today is the Crazy Faith, and I will be participating in that, writing out my, my prayer card for 2023. A lot of things that I have. And, uh, you know, that have before, you know, before God and and everything. And I'm a man of faith and I'm not ashamed of admitting that I am a man of faith and I am a believer. And I also believe that mental health is a real element, y'all. It's a real sickness. A lot of that going on in our, going on in our society. And I just feel like we've got more work to do. If you are feeling anxious depressed or suicidal I cannot stress this enough please seek help ask for help kids are going through so much today they're dealing with mental health but they don't know how to cope with it because of the cyberbullying and how do they you know go to a teacher or a counselor about their issues we as adults we we can use our our lives, you know, to help others. Don't inflict self-harm on yourself. Don't don't push your family and friends through that misery and agony of of this because you're not alone. You don't have to fight the battle alone. It breaks my heart when individuals, you know, take their own life and they try to commit suicide by an overdose or whatever the case may be. It 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 hurts me, ladies and gentlemen. It really hurts me. With everything that's going on in our society, use the resources you have to, you know, to seek help. It's okay to not be okay. You don't have to fight depression, anxiety alone. Don't do that. Build a strong support system around you. The first step to admitting to a recovery, to the first step to recovery is admitting that you have a problem. If you have a problem, seek help. If you're unable to find a therapist. Please ask your primary care physician for a recommendation. Go online and there's all kinds of resources at your disposal in your in your communities. Please, ladies and gentlemen, please take this issue very seriously. If someone you know in your family or in your inner circle is crying for help, help them. Take to lead them into, you know, to the right resources. Build that relationship with your therapist because it's very important that you build a strong relationship with your therapist. I look forward to seeing my therapist sometime this month over the Christmas holiday because I haven't been since the summer. But I'm looking forward to going to my therapist. Before I get up out of here, I want to give you my college football playoff and I'll touch base on the, the Tom Brady topic next week. For next week's show, hopefully, when more becomes available. The college football playoff, in my humble opinion, the top four teams. Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, TCU, Alabama, USC, if I said that correctly. Those will be my six teams. The four, first four in 
and then the two five and six seeds. I know this is the final drawing for the rankings for the for the football playoff before it all sets to to take place later this month. It's been a lot of excitement. NBA is underway. I am hoping to do a very very special Christmas episode for you all. I believe you're going to enjoy it. I I believe that it could be one of my best episodes to date because we got NBA on Christmas Day and we got NFL. This going to be a lot of football. And then we've got the Christmas Eve slate of NFL, which my beloved Dallas Cowboys will be playing the Philadelphia Eagles and Jerry World and what could be decide the NFC East. It's going to be a lot of football and basketball. Plus, we're going to get ready for the bowl, the college football playoff near the, the end of this month. So I'm here for it. As always, stay safe. Stay blessed. Make sure you take care of yourself intimately, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. If you know anybody that needs resources for mental health issues, help them. Hear them out. Be an ally. Stay chaotic. Stay blessed, everybody. I'll see y'all next week, Lord willing. Take care of yourself. This is Patrick Brown, your host, signing off. Make sure you check out all episodes of Chaotic on the Grid sports network make sure that you subscribe to the network if you haven't what are you waiting on let's go ahead and keep this show rolling the grid you can't say i didn't tell you dare to be different step into the grid then the new leaders in digital media sports and entertainment let's go y'all until next week i'm out peace out Round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.